Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 15 of That's What Be Said, brought to you by Fansided. I'm your host, Bree, at Breezy Clee. I'm joined by my two fellow ladies, Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Hello, Brittany. Hello, Bree and Meredith. Brittany and sounds else. like a man again. Wait, what? Brittany sounds like a man Are to you me, serious? Mare. Does she not to you? It was hard. She only said, say, like, we're say your ABCs. Yeah, she definitely sounds like a man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We're leaving this one in, though. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you can log out and log back in. Yeah, try that. Hold on. <laughs> she sounds, she's like Eeyore. <laughs> she does. Is it okay now? Yes. Yes, okay. yes you're back. You're back. You're back. Okay, I'm also joined by Miss Meredith at MCAN Sports. Hi, Mare. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the show, everyone. We are excited to uh, join everyone again a week later. Not much has happened in the sports world, much to our dismay, I guess. Uh, we're going to kick off because a week's went by. J.J. Watt has not signed with anyone. And I have to ask both of you, are we sick of J.J. Watt at this point? <laughs> yes. Like last week, we were all gung-ho wanting him like saying our pitch because we know he listens to this show exactly. of why he should become a cleveland brown and now right now i feel like i'm falling out of love with jj watt i was kind of amused with his twitter antics at first when he's like randomly tweeting mitochondria is the powerhouse what's of this what is house. what is he doing like what is that is he just trying I, to like get a rise out of people yeah because i think he realizes and understands that at the moment he is the most coveted free agent. Uh. And yeah, I mean, he kind of is. That's who everyone is talking about. Cause you know, you know, defensive players like him don't come on the market like this that often. Sure. So I, I think he's fully aware that everyone is like all eyes on him. So like at first I was like, okay, he tweeted that once. And then we like broke it down and analyzed it and found all the like ways we can think of like, Oh, this means he's coming to Cleveland. And it was fun at first, but now he mm -hmm. keeps tweeting stupid shit like today he tweets midday naps space loathed as a child revered in, in adulthood like that's not a haiku jj like you got the haiku wrong so <laughs> okay like, i don't know like so i think i think between the the fact that there's and i it's a good and a bad thing that there's nothing to talk about with the browns because there's no drama like everything in Berea is Gucci, like we love it, it's great. But then when you make a living talking about sports, you're like, oh man, what do we talk about? Well, let's talk about this one free agent ad nauseum. And that's the point that I'm at right now where I'm just like, I am so sick of talking about JJ Watt that it, if, it, if he does come to the Browns, I'm not gonna be excited about it. And I feel bad because you should be excited about getting a free agent like that. But I'm also just like, nah, there are other there are other defensive players on the market or other defensive players that are tradable for the Browns that they could, that they could get. So pause. I don't know. Wait, can we pause there for a minute? Because what you just said is really important. Mm -hmm. You just said, if JJ Watts signed with the Browns, you wouldn't be excited. I mean, imagine being in a spot where you have a big name signing with the team. You're like, nah, this is as usual. <laughs> exactly. I we're mean, spoiled now. <laughs> right one Spoiled. one year of success and we're all just like nah. <laughs> well because like remember how like i remember the day obj signed like and i have some very not safe for work stories to tell about that day but 
just it was so exciting i was i happened to be like like on the air at the time at, at my work and we were so excited and it was so much fun the callers were great the content was great it was by far one of my favorite days yes that i've had at work in in the city of cleveland it was amazing wait and this podcast wasn't formed yet by the way yeah when that yes. went down yeah, we yeah we were not we were not a trio we're yet. Not together, Brittany. That, do you remember where you were? Because I, I remember vividly where I was. I feel like we have to talk about this with the OBJ signing. Yes, uh, or the trade. Uh, yeah, I was actually I was at an Indians game. Funny enough. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so right. Were, yeah, because it happened like it was in March eighteenth. It was yeah, I know the date. When it happened. <laughs> no, it's, like well, an, it's an anniversary in this household. Okay. Yeah, wasn't <laughs> it in? Um, Oh, wait, was that an Indians game? Oh, you know what? No, I was down in Florida. I'm thinking of maybe it was like something that had to do with Duke Johnson. Was it the day that the Browns signed Tyrod Taylor? No, no. it wasn't that. I was actually very upset about that because at that <gasps> point, I, at that point, I knew that and I Bless already kind of knew, but I it was like the nail in the coffin that Deshaun Kaiser was gone. Yeah, yeah that, that was sense. it. I was like, all right this ship has sailed and then you know like a day or two later they covered it or whatever but yeah so i was not super happy about that um but obj i honestly can't remember where i was with jenna somewhere and i want to say okay i was either in cleveland for some reason i feel like i might have been in kent state for something where <laughs> were you florida I cannot well, remember. I was wait, Brittany. I was also. I was. That's so funny you say that. I was on my way to Florida. I remember the next morning. I I, I believe. Okay, I don't have a great memory, but I remember this vividly. I was driving back from my daughter's gymnastics class that night, pulling in when I got the breaking news on my phone, and I remember pulling into the garage and I went upstairs and my husband had on the NFL Network and was like. He was like, did you hear? And I was like, of course I heard. <laughs> I, I literally was like, I have to sit and watch everything go down. And then I was leaving for Miami the next morning. And I wore, this is, I can't, I can't even believe this. I flew out of the Pittsburgh airport. I pivoted my outfit, put on my Cleveland Browns, like heavy satin bomber jacket to yes. the flight to Miami, wore it the entire day in Miami in like 80 degree heat. Oh I was like, I gosh. will sweat for this man. <laughs> I, I probably, I looked psychotic for sure. But yes, I, I will never forget that moment. That was a huge sign. I mean, there are like sports moments you obviously will never forget championships. We have one of those. Um, certain plays that happen, I guess certain signings. Like that is one that will be ingrained in my memory for quite some time. Mm -hmm. That was a good day. It was, was my favorite day. It was my favorite day at work. And quite frankly, if I happen to be in the middle of a show and JJ Watt announces that he's coming to the Browns, I'll just be like, okay, cool. You're going to be number two to Miles Garrett. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not going to wear my Browns jacket in 80 degree weather. I no. think I'll just be like, this is what we do. Question though. <laughs> this is Cleveland now. Would you rather, like all these sports talk shows oh, talk boy. about JJ Watt or do what they normally do and do the trade talks like trade oh, obj God. trade charges because <laughs> i feel like at this point you could have one or the other you're right i mean i guess the jj watt talk is yes. better because 
like the the like I was actually really relieved when Chris Godwin said that he was planning on returning to the Buccaneers because I forget I I think it was one of the ESPN shows like the national ones that brought up the idea of OBJ going to um to Tampa Bay like he wants to play with Tom Brady oh my God. his redemption blah, blah, blah. and then of course that becomes a topic of conversation but you know then you have the experts weigh in and say well the only way that that works is if the Bucks drop Chris Godwin. That's the only way they can make room for OBJ. And then Chris Godwin says that he intends on returning to the Buccaneers. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> no more of this OBJ to Tampa Bay trade talk. So I guess I guess you're right, Britt. Like, I, I much prefer, like, let's analyze J.J. Watt tweeting about biology over, <laughs> over talking about trading a man that we would all sweat in 80 degree weather yeah. for it's just yes. gonna take some getting used to to be a team in the off season that does not have drama mm-hmm. yeah like this is just you know hopefully this continues but also it's like well what are we supposed to do now you are you know just supposed to watch the calves or what i mean like that's fine <laughs> but i don't feel like a whole lot of people are on board with that mindset <laughs> Don't yeah. feel like that's super popular right now. It feels, I mean, especially... we've got spring training coming up. <sighs> no. The Blue Jackets are kind of playing. Kind of playing. Like they're like <laughs> the Premier League is in full swing for you what soccer fans. What is the Premier fans. League? Uh, it's European soccer. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Brittany. I'm watching college basketball actually and enjoying it. Well, like March Madness will be fun. If, yeah, I assume that that's going to take place this year, correct? I yeah, I yes, think so. Indi- okay. uh, they yeah, they decided to do the entire tournament in Indianapolis, and they're doing it slightly different to um, allow for COVID. But normally they'll do the different rounds in different cities. Um, so like the Sweet Sixteen will like yeah. take place in one city, and then the Elite Eight will be in a different city, and so on and okay. so forth. Um, but this year they're just doing the entire um, tournament from start to finish in uh, Indianapolis and doing their best to kind of keep people within a bubble so everyone yes. can play and not get disqualified. That'll be we'll nice. have to do like a bracket thing. Yes, yes. Bracket we this year. obviously didn't get to do that. So yeah, we'll have absolutely. to figure that out if people are interested. Yes. Um, well, this is actually a great segue uh, before we get into the we have some Browns talk and chatter to talk about. We will not do the annoying talk, but we have to first talk about our uh, sponsor, Manscaped, because they are supporting That's What B Said for the entire month of February. And as you guys know, you've listened to our show the last few weeks. It is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And it is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer to our listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Guys, there are some people that we know that have used these products. My husband used them this past week, actually on his beard. He shaved off his mustache. Aww. Wait, wait, wait. Did he? Please tell me he used a different razor that he uses on. <laughs> well, yes. I will, but, to... I, but I will tell you, he used, I believe he used the lawnmower for his beard or for his mustache. I don't think he's used it for his ball sack. So I, I don't know how that works, but I will say he did really enjoy it for the mustache. I peer pressured him into getting rid of it. I like the mustache, though. I thought it was cute. Well, now he looks like a child. So I don't... R.I.P. Jeff's mustache. Yeah, I... The lawnmower took care of it. I named him Bert. 
Thank you, Manscaped. Um, again, for all of our listeners, you can get 20% off and free shipping using the code FANSIDED20. Go to manscaped.com and unlock your confidence. All right, ladies. So yeah. enough about my husband's mustache and balls. Wait, though, um, can I just add one thing about sure, Manscaped? Sure, please. My favorite feature on the little razor is it has a little tiny flashlight on it. So, yeah, so, like, as you're, like, mowing the lawn, (laughs) you could, like, see in the dark, which I don't know why you do that in the dark, but it's, the more features, the better, I think. So, everyone should know that. I don't think they're intending for you to mow the lawn in the dark. (laughs) I think it's just. Like, what, do you have to, like, get yourself into the crevices? Yeah, it's just, like, extra lighting. So, like, I mean, have you ever, like, done your own eyebrows? Yeah, like, tweezers. Some tweezers have lights built yeah, into them. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Yeah. men can't get that close. Because you know how, like, you have a... Okay, when I, like, tweeze my eyebrows, there's, like, a mirror, and it gets real close, and you could like, see it. They don't get that close. So, you know, I don't know It helps why. them see so they don't miss a spot. I like, mean, it's really cool. It's a cool I mean, feature to have. I just I mean, thought that it was cute. It's dark down there, I guess. Yeah, I right? mean, the last thing you want is an out-of-place <laughs> runway. <laughs> It's, it's dark down there. It's dark. It's gloomy. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't want to be down there without a light. <laughs> Do you put the hat on with the light on the helmet? There you go. Like exploring a cave. There you go. I mean, you don't have to because of the razor, the lawnmower. Exactly. Yes. Love they that. got some underwear, too. It's all good stuff. Yeah, there's some, Oh, there's the, the deodorant. The deodorant. Did you about yep. the deodorant? Yep, yep. No, does it smell good? It does smell good. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, though. Like, think about it. You put deodorant on your armpits. Why would you not put it down there in the dark, dreary in the basement? In the well, cave. I, that's the, the whole point cave. of deodorant. It's to, like, it's to keep you from getting sweaty and smelly. And yeah. Sweaty, smelly spots. I mean, yeah. you get swampy. It, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough. <laughs> enough. Listen, I will say, I think we have a record for the amount of our listeners that actually listen to our ad reads because of this. Oh, they this. love it. <laughs> so, they love our ad reads. I mean, you know. that's the whole point. We want people to listen to these ads. And then if you feel so inclined, you know, purchase it and use the code. And then we know that not only do you love us, but you will love the products that we're right. telling you yeah, about. And then exactly. we can have, like, public conversations about these things. Exactly. Like, when when it's COVID safe, we'll all get together at a bar and just talk about lawn mowing the balls. Yeah. Right. I'm good with that. Let's do it. It's natural. All right. Let's talk about Baker. Um, and we're going to tie this into something that uh, our good friend Aditi Kinkobala tweeted out earlier this week. And we talked a lot about Ben Roethlisberger last week on our show because why not? He's <laughs> the future of the Steelers, which is so weird to say. <laughs> Sorry. The future of the Steelers. <laughs> He's 39. I know, but like, that's what they're doing. How I mean, else do you like, explain it? He's okay. So here's here's the thing. He's like, the past, present, and future. <laughs> so okay. So Alex Smith had an interview with G- uh, GQ magazine this week, and it absolutely broke my heart. I know. You know because he was talking about how Washington just did not. Wa- they didn't want him to get better because he wasn't in their plans for 2021. And the minute you know, the minute he's cleared to play you know Washington goes oh shit we have to figure out how to you know get this you know who is obviously you know QB1 
when he's healthy, we need to figure out a, a scheme for him. And I almost feel like that's like what's happening in Pittsburgh. Like I think ownership just wanted Big Ben to retire so they could move on from him. And Ben's like, no. And like, and because he's such a legacy in Pittsburgh, they can't get rid, like they can't get rid of him. They can't trade him. They can't cut him. They can't do anything. Like that man has done so much for that team that when he says, I want to stay, well, you're not worth $41 million. Okay. I'll take a pay cut. Like, right. that's like that's what's happening in Pittsburgh. They're like, okay, Big okay. Ben is our quarterback. Yes, the fossil. And can we just talk about, though, for a minute, how, like, bizarre that is? Because I understand what Ben has done for the Steelers franchise. He's won two Super Bowls. He's had winning seasons uh, year in and year out. He's been a huge part of their franchise, and, and they're winning, quite frankly. But why is it that he now is declining and there's so many that are like, well, he's owed this money, like because of what he did 12 years ago? I mean, if that's the case, I should also be making $41 million right? based on my past work. <laughs> that's you, not oh how God. this works. How much, how much fun would it be if you had the like, if you had the audacity to go to your company and say, well, I've done all this work for you in the past. These are all the successes that I've brought this company. And I know I'm not doing that right now, but you still owe yes. me money for the things that I did eight years ago. You know what You know what happens to me every year? I review myself on the year prior. My boss goes, we expected that. Here's a 3% bump. That's what <laughs> yes. I get. So Ben Roethlisberger, you are only worth 3%. That's your increase. You know what's so strange about this whole thing, though, is, okay, so when Ben got hurt, not this past year, but the year before that, and he had to have the elbow surgery and, like, he was out, the Steelers were a much worse team without him. Yes. Okay, but then he comes back, and they went 11-0. Yes. He was good enough to go 11-0, even though, like, you know, all year long we called them frauds, which they yes. were. They were not as good as the record showed. <clears throat> we were right about that all yeah, along. But they mm -hmm. still went to the playoffs. So they had a successful season. They won the division. Not being but then now they're like, okay, we don't want to pay you, you know, we and we need you to take a pay cut. And he's like, yeah, okay. And they don't have an answer for the future. They don't, like, I can't... They, they might allude to the fact that Mason Rudolph is going to be their guy. I just can't see that happening. I can't see him being the guy of the future. Maybe no. I'm wrong. But Mason, like, Ru that's Mason, Rudolph is their, Mason Rudolph is their rebound guy. Like, you know yeah, that he's like the this, rebound. This can't be, like, it, the the future plan there. But still, I, it, it's just such a hilarious it's, situation. I feel like the organization is just sort of like, well, maybe if we just ignore this problem, it'll just kind of resolve itself. That's what I do with my mail. I was like, okay, if I just don't <laughs> open it, it'll just go away and I won't have to deal with it. Okay. It feels like that's what they're doing with him. So, Meredith, if Mason is the rebound guy, is Ben, like, is Ben, is he the husband in this situation that, like, I think he's this like, relationship isn't working out. We're getting divorced. And then is Dwayne the one night stand? Possibly like, cause I'm trying to think of, cause I almost want to say like, you know, big Ben is almost like the relationship that you expected to turn into marriage, but then it doesn't. But when you think about it, because he's won the super bowls, because he's been with the team for so long and you know, like they're settling. They're, yeah. Like, well, there's not many quarterbacks old. Like he's one of the oldest quarterbacks in the league. And so it's not like say Kirk cousins in Washington, DC, 
where, okay, we kind of want you to be the long-term guy, but you're not quite what we want, so we're going to keep franchise tagging you. Like, that's not, it's not the same situation. So, yeah, I think it is. I think they settled, and they, like, have suddenly realized, oh, wait, I'm too hot for my lame husband. So yeah. now we're trying to get a divorce, but we're trying to stay together for the kids. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Like, one, like, once the divorce actually goes through, you go for the rebound guy, which is Mason Rudolph, and then you try to find the right guy who could either be Dwayne Haskins or they could just tank and try to draft a quarterback. Like, Dwayne Haskins is, like, someone you have fun with, right? Yeah. You know, so like, Dwayne Haskins was bad. Can we make... just, like, say what it is? <laughs> yeah. But, like, he goes, to a stri- he goes to strip clubs. So, like, that's a fun time. I well, I mean, there's nothing illegal about going to a strip club. No, I'm not, I'm not saying. Know, that, like, I'm not he saying was, there he is. was not a good quarterback. <laughs> he yeah, was he was terrible in Washington. Okay, so Mason Rudolph is the rebound. Dwayne Haskins is the one night stand, and then hopefully there's another Trevor Lawrence like QB coming up in the draft in the next few years that can be, you know, the guy who's just as hot. I'm sure there will be because it's the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, they always figure it. Well, I mean, and plus the like the draft go like the NFL draft goes through cycles on like which like on which position group they're really heavy on. Like the Browns got really lucky, you know, the year we had the number one pick and that was a QB heavy draft. So, I mean, they got the pick of the letter. They chose Baker Mayfield. Awesome. Like it, you know, it's it's. You're, you're going to get other people like Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, all that. You're going to get more like they're not like once in a lifetime generational talents. They're good. They're great. You know, but yeah, I think that's probably what the Steelers are doing. So we we might get a tanking Steelers soon. I hope Because so. in order to get that high pick and to get a quarterback, you've got to get a top 10 pick. And the only way to do that is to tank. Okay, so I kicked this off with Aditi's tweet, and I haven't gotten to it yet, but I have to say <laughs> this first, because I think she was tweet- she was tweeting about Ben quite a bit in the Steelers. Obviously, she, she covers them um, pretty heavily. She also lives in the area. It makes sense. She tweeted something about, like, with Big Ben, like, wanting to come back, and he said something along the lines of, like, last season just didn't sit well with him, how they ended the season, which obviously was a loss to the Browns in the playoffs. And I just chuckled to myself because it was something along the lines of, like, he had this, like, it's a burning inside. Oh, God. And I, like, laughed because They I was, make medicine for that big bang. I was oh, like, God. this is the same guy they have that wouldn't even fall it. on the bad snap. <laughs> so if, if you, like, what, what exactly are you going to do? Get a topical cream for that burning. Hey. He's done. He's, he's done he's, and he's he baked. knows he's done. Yes. He's gonna, yeah. I mean, he's pretty much gonna get like a victory lap one last year in Pittsburgh, and this is I. Yeah, I would be very su- that, like his I know. farewell tour is gonna cost them a season because yeah. there's really no way around it. Like he's he's declining rapidly. I saw mm-hmm. someone on Twitter call him a bloated carcass. <laughs> I think I saw that too. It's perfect. I still so, like, like I still like the they're fossil, just gonna, <laughs> They're going to waste the entire season because they feel like they owe him something. And he's just going to accept that and be like, yeah. So the whole season's probably going to be just shit. And I get, I feel, yeah, I almost said I feel bad for the fans. I don't because I hate them. <laughs> yes, but like I would if it were anyone else. I'd be like, wow, this sucks for, you know, a passionate fan base. They just have to sit back and let this happen because, you know. You I mean, they're like going to have to go well, through. I think people are forgetting that it's a business and you have to like, it's your job to try and win games. Give yourself the best chance to do that. Big Ben's not the, he's not the person you want. You know, he'll be like, what, 40 next year? He's done. Yeah. 
I mean, the Steelers are about to go through what the Browns went through, which, you know, was tanking, which is losing. You know, and I don't know if they're planning on doing that this year with Big Ben. Like, I don't know if 2021 they're going to try and tank to get a good draft pick. But, you know, unless they're willing to sell the farm to trade up draft picks, they're going to have to have at least one season of tanking. And I just have a feeling that Steelers fans are going to be absolutely insufferable. So, okay, during the Browns playoff game against Kansas City, I just fired off a little tweet that was just like, I was tweeting my thoughts, which is, you know, not always a great thing. But I said, you know, the Steelers are frauds. Kansas City Chiefs are not frauds or something to that effect. And then like two days later, I had a Steelers fan reply to me rent free. Like that's all he said. And I'm like, you're the one who is trolling Twitter. You are going out of your way to find Browns fans accounts on Twitter to see if they are tweeting about the Steelers just so you can respond rent free. Who is living rent free in whose head? Right. Like, come on. Right. So the other thing we have to talk about that Aditi put out there about Ben um, is the tweet that says, when the Steelers rush for 100 yards, Ben Roethlisberger is 106, 20, and 1. When they don't, he's 50 and 54. Since 2018, he is 12-0-1 when his team gives him 100 rush yards, 9-11 when they don't. The argument is get him a run game. Did you guys see this? Yes. yes. What did you think when you read this initially? Meredith, go ahead. I, I mean, when I read just Big Ben can't throw, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, that was my first thought was, okay, you have this guy who's a revered quarterback who's probably going to be on a on a Hall of Fame ballot at some point down the road. But when you look at these stats, he can't throw. Yeah, well, again, he's, they... just a, he's a bloated carcass that takes up space that someone else could be using. And I think at some point someone pointed out that one of the passes that Mason Rudolph threw against the Browns in Week 17 was the longest completion for the Steelers the entire season like like that one throw that Mason Rudolph made was like farther than all of Big Ben's throws for the season combined it wasn't that it wasn't that bad because I mean that was you know that's physically impossible but like he had like an an 80 yard throw or something ridiculous like that and Big Ben hadn't had anything longer than 15 to 20 yards like it's (laughs) can't throw who is the best running back Big Ben ever had was it, I mean, do you think Le'Veon? Probably. I don't know. I'd have to go back to 2004 when he was in the yeah, league. I mean, he was in the league forever. for a long time. I, I don't – I mean, it, honestly, like, every running back – every Steelers team that we've played against um, yes. crushed us in the run game, honestly. And I don't. I just don't know if the Browns are a great measure of if their run game was that good or not. <laughs> Especially during that era. Exactly. Um, no, but like, I, you know, when we, when you sent us that and I saw that, the first thing, and you commented on it too, the first thing I thought was, oh, okay, so Ben needs running backs because running backs obviously help. But when Baker has two good running backs, yes. it is, it's a knock against him and his talent and yes. the kind of quarterback that he is and what he has potential to be. And, you know, the organization, getting him help, bringing in all kinds of offensive weapons. It's, it's just 
funny how there's such a split between the way Baker's perceived yes. to everyone else. You Agreed. Know? Agreed. The Baker, unfortunately, playing for the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns have been bad for so long that it's almost as if that automatically makes Baker Mayfield unproven and bad because he's playing for a franchise that has been bad. Yes. He's not. He doesn't get any benefit of the doubt just based on the organization that he plays for. Also, I did have I to... Oh, go ahead, Mayor. I was going to say that I think another another aspect of Baker not getting the benefit of the doubt comes from the fact that he was kind of a wild child in college. Like, a lot of, like, Ohio State fans were not happy about the flag-planting incident, the crotch-grabbing incident, the time that he ran from the cops. And then when he got to Cleveland, he was, you know, he was very cocky and, and out and loud and outspoken and he would fight with Colin Cowherd on Twitter and on his show. And, you know, he would go after people on social media. Like he just like overall acted relatively immature, you know, compared to other quarterbacks in the league. And so I think a lot of, I think that era of his life affects the way people think about him a lot. And I, for me as a fan, it's frustrating because I have seen like Baker grow up in front of our eyes. Like he has just become such a mature quarterback on the field He's become such a mature person off the field. He's, you know, he's not engaging in social media when he doesn't need to be. Like, he's just made so many improvements. And I feel like it's one of those situations where people don't want to see that. Like, they just want to think of the same, like, crotch-grabbing 18-year-old that ran from the cops. And it's like, no, like, he's much more mature now, both on and off the field. And, and I think that his past tends to drive a lot of people's opinions about him yeah so I went back and looked at the the um the wins and losses from this past season for the Browns just to get an understanding of like what our run game looked like and our losses versus our wins um and here's what I will say number one we lost six games in total including the postseason right that's that's pretty incredible to only lose six games all Mm -hmm. season um four out of six of those losses we did rush over 100 yards and we still lost the thing that jumped out at me more than that was we had turnovers we had two turnovers three turnovers we had a turnover in every single loss this year which i think that says more than the running game obviously and then when i look at all the wins there are some games that we had crazy running stats. I mean, Cincinnati, that first or that second game of the season and Dallas, I mean, 215 yards, 307 yards rushing. That's insane. We weren't passing the ball at that point. Then you have to remember that was the first month of the new offense install. That was the team getting their feet wet and getting comfortable in the offense. When I go and look at the back half of the season, that's when things start to get more balanced. So if, if I throw out Houston and Philly, because those those were weather games that were super weird, um, but again, still wins. Um, Jacksonville, we passed for 250 yards, ran for 200. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, we passed for 340 and ran for 118. Baltimore, we lost, but we threw for 355, rushed for 138. That was just a high-scoring game. Mm -hmm. New York, we passed for 286, rushed for 106. Then we lost to the Jets. I mean, we had no wide receivers. And then we beat the Steelers. We barely passed, but we ran for almost 200 yards. I look at that back half of the season and think, wow, 
the Browns offense was extremely balanced Mm -hmm. in a running and a pass game. It felt like we could beat anyone one way or the other. If we couldn't, if we couldn't get the run game off, off the ground, we could beat you passing or we could beat you running if we couldn't beat you passing. So I don't know at what point our fan base has decided that Baker Mayfield can't be a good quarterback if we have a really good run game. And I tweeted something that was, I guess, controversial, controversial, but I said, I think Baker Mayfield's going to have an MVP season next year. And I didn't say he's going to win the MVP. I just think he could potentially put up a stat line that could get people putting him in the conversation to be in the MVP race. That is the hottest take you've ever had, Brie. Hot. I'm on fire. <laughs> I mean, my computer is overheating right now because of that hot take. And I had a lot of people responding back to me. I mean, I got the game manager thing. Like, wow, original. Um, but oh my gosh. I had people commenting game manager, like... Look it up on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> the comments I got were, Baker's never going to be able to put up the stats because of the run game. And... I just completely disagree with that take. I think we have a great run game. We have two really strong running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Mm -hmm. Those guys are incredible. However, I would just like to point out that this past year, we did not even see all of the offensive weapons on the field at the same time in an offense that they were comfortable in. Mm -hmm. So OBJ got hurt early on in the season. Nick Chubb was out. Um, when he was injured back half of the season you know we had Jarvis Landry was our number one wide receiver and then you had guys playing like Higgins stepped in DPJ stepped in Nick Chubb came back I just feel like next year could be an offensive explosion in year two of the Stefanski system Baker's Mm going to be comfortable if he looked as comfortable as he did the back half of the season I think we're going to get in 2020 or sorry 2021 what we thought we were going to get in 2019 if everybody is healthy and back so here's here's my question like because i saw a lot of the responses to your tweets um because i had about five minutes of free time one day and i looked at it and it it feels like browns fans are almost rooting against baker mayfield like they get really upset you know, that he's not, you know, throwing for a thousand yards every single game, that he's not, you know, getting seven rushing touchdowns and getting every quarterback sneak. Like, like, it just feels like it doesn't matter what he does. They're not satisfied to the point where it almost feels like Browns fans are rooting against him, or at least the ones in your mentions were. And I don't understand. They feel it's more important for them to be right than to watch the team succeed. Yes. There's a strong portion of the fans that are very much like that. Like it's being right is the most important thing. The watching a team do well, having fun with the season, that's all secondary. But when you have this mentality of, you know, just being miserable for so long, it just sticks with you. So you're always sort of, even though you might not publicly do it, or you want to save face a little bit from, you know, explicitly saying like you want him to suck but they want to be right so bad that that's that's number one priority which is it's almost like a sickness yeah now, do you th- do you think they'd rather be right or win a super bowl <sighs> honestly and it, it sounds tough. crazy it's insane but like i i don't know because like I, and we've talked about this before about how people make 
being miserable their entire personality and like yes. i'm sorry being a being a miserable sports fan is not a personality trait yeah um despite what every dude on bumble puts on their profile but <laughs> um but yeah it's it's almost as if baker goes out there and single-handedly takes this team which we know like there's no one single person that's going to take you to a super bowl and win it like there's always pieces to the puzzle but like if Baker Mayfield takes his team on his back in a Super Bowl game and the Browns win, it it feels like those types of fans will still be unhappy in some way, shape, or form. Like, they'll probably be screaming and pounding the table to trade Baker Mayfield before he even gets his ring. Yeah, and I would also like to point out, too, someone had, had brought up to me, well, it's going to be Stefanski's second year. Teams are going to have tape on him. They're going to be able to figure out Stefanski. And I have to disagree with that I don't think we saw a full playbook this past year I don't think we saw everything that Stefanski wanted to run just due to the circumstances I think having a full offseason even if it's abnormal again but having that same system and being able to dive deeper into the playbook is is going to be a huge benefit and I just don't think we saw it all quite frankly no I think they'll be able to make a stronger argument for that next season yes you know, when they say, oh, well, you know, they have more tape on him, we'll figure it out, you know, whatever. That'll be a strong argument next year. But, like, for, for this upcoming year, I think, you know, going back to Baker, I don't know how someone could watch, like, game one of the season and then the last game of the season and say, this is not the guy. Because his improvements this year were so stark to me. Yes. Just... Mm-hmm. He did so many little things right that he wasn't doing right before. He started, you know, to see defenses better, which was something I I remember at the very beginning of the year when they um, – I saw clips of the – what was it called? The All-22 tape. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was horrifying. Yes. And you looked at him when he – I think maybe week one or week two, and you saw it and you're like, oh, my God. And, you know, at that point – People were justifiably wondering if this was going to work. And then week after week after week after that, you saw small improvements, small improvements. And then you saw when he threw, he was perfect for, what was it, like 20, 25 to 25 that one game? Yeah, I think he went 22 of 23 in the Cincinnati game after there, he, yeah, and that it was, was the, it. That it was was the it. spike that yeah. made him It was imperfect. after the OBJ injury, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, he, he finished that game so strong and, I don't think anyone else has, has has done that this season or last season. I don't think that was that was a Baker thing. And then I also remember after that Cincinnati game, you know, after Baker had that incredible game, everyone's response was, "Oh, it's just the Bengals." So annoying. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're always just just trying to discredit everything that he does, which is I, And again, Meredith, I do agree with you. I think a lot has to do with his personality and the kind yes. of player that he was in college and you know, his antics and the crotch grab and the, the flag plant, which I thought was awesome, by the way. I thought it was hilarious, too. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was, such, I was know, such a big fan of his after that. Yeah, but it's hard to come to Ohio after that and expect all yeah, the fans to love you right away. They're not going to, like, be super, oh, yeah, you're one of yeah, us now. Let me embrace sure. you. That's not going to happen. But, you know, he, he did have this, uh, and he still does, in a way. Like, there's this confidence I don't know if you call it confidence or swag being caught. Yeah, swag. That's a good one, too. Um, But sometimes it's just hard to to handle, you know, and he's he's a personality. 
Yes. And some people just don't. They want someone quieter or someone, you know, that doesn't cause any kind of a ruckus. Just shows up. And the Nick Chubb attitude. The Nick yes. Chubb's the world. Yes. That's what Browns fans want. Yes. Some guy who's the first in there, last to leave, <laughs> brings his own lunch and his pail that he made when he was in kindergarten. Like, that's you, what they want. You want to know who not... did that? Who? Please, tell me. Tyrod Taylor. Oh, gosh, Meredith. Of course. <laughs> oh, God. Do not, do not remember from Hard Knocks when, you know, he was driving into the facilities at, like, 4.30 okay, in the don't morning. don't even bring, I mean, don't even bring up Hugh Jackson. Because Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson was, like, commented was like, hey, that. Passive hey, aggressively, hey, by the way. Why aren't you coming in with number five? Why, you know, your guy Tyrod, are you friends with him? Are you not coming in? He's, he was here at 4.30 this morning. Where were you? Yeah, passive aggressive. Like, that is such <laughs> bad coaching. My God. It is. But Tyrod Taylor was always, you know, first one in, last one out. And, you know, he had his Virginia Tech lunch pail like the rest of us. So not like the rest of us, like you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the rest of us Hokies. Okay. You and Wyatt Teller. Yes. Although I've seen a lot of interest. People have been talking about Will Fuller. And I'm just like, yes, more Hokies. Like, I just want, like, how much fun would it be if the Browns were like, half LSU, half Hokies, no. and then won the Super Bowl. I would be so excited. I would be so obnoxious. I want to be you a guys, melting you, pot. A melting you guys pot of are, talent. You guys would probably, like, get rid of me. They're like, oh, you'd be like, oh, my God, I cannot stand her anymore. Brie, Brittany, we got to kick her out. You're worse than Bucknuts, Mare. <laughs> no, I am not, because I'm not toxic. <laughs> I am, like, I take offense to that because Bucknuts are toxic. I am not toxic. I just love Tyrod Taylor. That's fine. I'm, I'm. That's fine. You can love Tyrod. Um, can Can we talk though about the whole Baker and how he is compared, or I guess maybe not compared to QBs? Like he just gets snubbed in every conversation, and in most cases, mm-hmm. in a negative light. And I think it does go back to what both of you were saying. Like he has a big personality. He gets clicks too in the media. Yeah, they are smart yes. in a sense of Browns fans are really passionate love him or hate him Browns fans will watch and they will they care so much about their team even if their caring is really hating the team and rooting against them in an odd way they will still watch and debate amongst themselves and Baker Mayfield in my opinion in the quarterback the quarterbacks within the NFL there is Tom Brady Patrick Mahomes at the very Mm -hmm. top when you go down a click from there in my humble opinion, I don't think there's a drastic difference in that group of quarterbacks. I, And I want to talk about that with both of you because maybe I'm on an island here. But, you know, we've talked about Deshaun Watson ad nauseum on, mm-hmm. on this show, on Twitter. People are clamoring for him, thinking he's the best thing since sliced bread. And I have to remind everyone, yeah, I, I get it. He's, he's a great talent. But you saw him on a team that when he wasn't surrounded by talent, he couldn't win by himself. Mm -hmm. So how does that make him any better than Baker Mayfield? Because Baker Mayfield, his rookie season, won football games without the talent that he has today. Yeah. So I don't know what you guys think. I don't know if we want to talk about, you know, in our opinion, you know, who would you rank ahead of Baker at this point? Just like in the entire league, I, sure. I, I mean, like, do you do you agree? Like, it's Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, like those guys, like, yeah, way above the most of the actually all of the quarterbacks in the league. They're they're just on their own pedestal. We can put them on a pedestal. 
when you take a click down, like who, who do you think of first? Well, I think it's kind of difficult because you have this crop of like older, older. guys. Yeah. 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 So like, let's you talk about have, the young like, ones then. Like the ones okay. that are like that, because that's the other thing that I was texting you guys about. I just don't understand. Like there are guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, um, mm-hmm. Herbert, the, the guy out of the chargers, like mm-hmm. all, they are, they get talked about all the time and I get it. Mm-hmm. Like Lamar Jackson won the MVP award a year ago. Josh Allen had a great season this past year. But they are still unproven. Like, they mm-hmm. still, like, have their entire career ahead of them. We have no idea how they're going to pan out. They could crash and burn in two years. And, and you know, it's it's just like we we think that they're just on so much of a better level than Baker right now. And I just don't understand how we can say that definitively right now. Yeah, like, I would, I would think about players like Ryan Tannehill. And everyone thinks he's such a great quarterback because of the way he played in Tennessee. But, like... Man, when you have Derrick Henry in the backfield, like, how do you not? So, I mean, and it's it almost feels like a similar situation as Baker where he's got, you know, a run game to back him up so he doesn't have to be super accurate all the time. But, you know, I, I think after you get past Brady and Mahomes, you probably have Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. And then after that, the, you know, some of the, the better QBs in the league after that, there's not a lot of difference between them in terms of talent. Like there's definitely difference in what their strengths are, but you know, just in terms of absolute talent, like I, I almost feel like there are some quarterbacks that could be like interchangeable on teams. Like you could like almost take Lamar Jackson and trade him with Justin Herbert. And like the two teams would have about the same amount of productivity. Yeah, I mean, Lamar's in a system. Like, he's in a system that yeah. fits him and what he does well. Um, although it's funny because if you, if, you, if you go on Ravens Reddit, like, they're clamoring for wide receivers for Lamar to throw to him. Like, well, that's not really his game. Like, that's not, yeah. that's not his strength. So are you trying to force him into something that, like, he dominates on, on the ground? So I, it's it's just so confusing because I feel like fan bases are so quick to clamor after things that they don't have to try to fit in a mold. And I just think with the Browns, we can be our own mold. We can have a really strong run game and a really strong pass game with Baker Mayfield. I don't – why do we have to be one or the other? Like, why do we have to just be a passing first team? Mm-hmm. Why can't we be a little bit of both? And why can't Baker benefit from that? Like, I, I just – I really struggle with like the Josh Allen conversation of like, I do like, is he really, is he really that much better than Baker Mayfield? No. Like, yeah. No. I, I don't, I don't, think, I he don't think he's no. And I think the reason that he doesn't get the kind of scrutiny, number one, he's taller. Mm-hmm. So, and that matters like to, to fans, you know, from their perspective, that matters. You know, a, a lot of people are stuck on the height thing, you know, Josh Allen's big, he can run, blah, blah, blah. Like, cool. Um, also, he seems like a nice guy. Like, th- I don't know anyone that's like, Josh Allen's a dick. Like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> he just seems like a nice human. So he's easier to digest. As far as Lamar Jackson goes, I think he's a better athlete. Obviously, I think he's probably the best athlete in the league. Um, I don't think he's a better quarterback. I think that, you know, he does what he needs to do in Baltimore. I would never take anything away from him. Um, I, th- I think the world of Lamar Jackson, obviously. Uh, but, you know, as far as, you know, Brady mentioned, well, fans want, they're clamoring for the Ravens to get them wide receivers. 
you need to use Lamar's legs for as long as you possibly can and then draft another quarterback. And again, this isn't like a knock at him, but this is the reality of it. I don't think Lamar, um, up to this point in his career, he hasn't shown that he's going to uh, develop being able to read defense as well. He hasn't shown that he's going to be able to develop a really strong arm. Like These are not things that... I think are in his wheelhouse that he's going to be really good at once, once his legs aren't an option anymore. So, you know, those two, um, Deshaun Watson, I'd still argue that he's a better quarterback just because he's, as far as like being athletic, I think Deshaun Watson gets it. Um, you know, he's been able to do incredible things while not having much talent, especially this year. I mean, like he, he literally, he was in like top five of almost everything, just being on a terrible team in a terrible organization now. And, you know, I think you could sort of put him anywhere and he would he would shine. So as far – but, again, I, I'm with you, Bray. I don't think the talent gap between these young quarterbacks, other than Pat Mahomes, who's in, like, yes. a league of his own, but after that it just drops off and you're like, okay, like, these all – all these guys are – are good in their own ways. They all have their own flaws, but there's not that much of a, a, a stark difference between like, I'd say probably like four of them, the top four really. Yeah. I, I guess maybe fans and media are, I guess they try to force these things of saying, this is the better quarterback. This is no, he's the better quarterback. No, yeah. he's the better quarterback just to have something to talk about. Yeah, and, and you don't have to do that because exactly. they all, again, they all have their their strengths and weaknesses, and they're different, sure. They, you know, but to say, well, this one's definitely better than this one, this one's definitely better than this one, no, like, it's all, you know, in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, we're trying to crown someone before actually yes. knowing what they're going to be. They're just still so young. Yeah. I, it's it's so bizarre to me. Old crop, so Baker's new, old definitely crop in new conversation. Crop. Definitely in it. He should be. I feel like he never gets the respect he deserves based no, on that. Doesn't. Right. Like, I mean, what, four years ago, everyone was crowning Carson Wentz. And <laughs> oh, Carson. <laughs> and he may have a comeback story this, this year. You never know, but. No, he better not. That would seriously piss on I know, the whole same, year. Same. Like, I'd be so mad if that happens. But that's exactly what happened. He had a great rookie season. Yeah. MVP candidate conversation before he got injured. And, and now. That team, he's not even playing for them. So I just, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to force this conversation from happening? Why can't we just let them be who they are and then we'll figure out what they're going to be a few years from now. And we can have this argument a million times over. When Baker Mayfield wins an MVP in a Super Bowl, it'll be great. I can't wait go. to talk there about it. Go. Oh man, that's gonna, I, I, I want that day right now. I am looking forward to that day. Same. It's going to be, because, like, honestly, it's going to be us taking we will record, more victory laps. I will record, we will record a podcast for 24 hours straight if the Browns win the Super Bowl. Okay. I'll just breathe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Manscaped you... for everyone. Lawnmowers for everyone. <laughs> Lawnmowers for all. I don't, oh my God. You guys, I have, I have done all hours of broadcasting. Do you even understand how hard that is? We're gonna. It's gonna be a marathon. We'll go live. Yeah. We'll be on video. Yeah, it'll have. You know, it'll have to be live. That'll be the only solution, and we might have to like take. Because by the time the Browns win a Super Bowl, I think that we will be in a spot where it's safe to gather in crowds of people that you don't know. 
Maybe. Um, Will it? You know, so I, you know, maybe, maybe we'll talk to some local establishments and we can go out there and have 24 hour parties. There you go. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll be wait. like, we'll all be 50. <laughs> Quick question. We will figure it out. Quick questions. It's Cleveland related. Do we know if uh, people are allowed at the draft yet or not? Has that been announced? Does anyone Ooh, know? Good question. They, they haven't, they have not announced that yet. Okay. Um, they haven't announced any kind of uh, fan attendance. Uh, Mike DeWine is allowing up to 30% capacity at Progressive Field. I saw that. Uh, for That's when cool. the Indians start. So, I, I mean, I'm assuming that the draft will be in an outdoor setting, like with a big stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's going to be as boisterous as Las Vegas or Nashville was because we're not going to be able to have crowds that big just for pandemic reasons. But sure. And I don't know anything. This is not insider information at all. This is just me completely speculating that I would assume that if the Indians, you know, as an outdoor facility are allowed to have 30% capacity, I would not be surprised if the NFL allowed, you know, like, you know, a few thousand people to, um, to attend the NFL draft if it's outside. So, I mean, I think it just depends. I think the NFL is waiting to see you know, what, what the landscape of the world looks like, you know, what the numbers are, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I, I think they want to wait as long as possible to announce anything because they want to make sure that whatever they, cause like if they announced something now, they would have to probably change it in a month. And I don't think they want to do that. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Should we wrap up the NFL talk? Just something to mention here. Notable things. We, we mentioned this a little bit earlier on in the show, but isn't it so nice to not have have real quarterback drama while the rest of the league is spinning? Right. There's like this has been a, a year for blockbuster quarterback trades and moves. Yeah. And poor Deshaun Watson is still in Houston. He's like the only quarterback that isn't getting moved, and it feels like he's the only quarterback that wants to move. I know it's so sad. It he is sad. It, it is sad. It so much. Poor guy. But yeah, like there was. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, there is Matthew Stafford, there's Jared Goff. Yep. Like, there's a lot of quarterback movement this offseason, and the Browns are just, you know, chilling. And Russell Wilson now apparently <laughs> wants to play for other teams. But, like, also, he doesn't. So he's, <laughs> he, he not, well, he didn't announce. I guess his agent said today that, um, it's like, Russell doesn't want to get traded. But if he were to get traded, these are the teams that he wants. So it's Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, Bears. So they made this public announcement. It's like, well, no, he doesn't want to trade. But if he did, oh my. these are the teams he would go to. Wow. Now, I don't I don't want to win the Powerball lottery. But if I right. did, I wouldn't mind if it was the $1 billion, $2 billion, or $3 billion lottery. Right. Go. But yeah, and then it sparked this discussion. I saw people talking um, that they missed the dorky Russell Wilson before Sierra. Yeah. Oh, well, they're <laughs> like, going to play Sierra? that dorky fun guy? Now you're kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's spicy these days. Sierra has definitely rubbed off on rubbed off on him. We love to see it. A little spice. We love to see it. Love it. And then you have, we've already talked talked about this, obviously, in this show, but <laughs> Big Ben is anchoring the Steelers. <laughs> Just weighing him on down. I can't wait to see number one and three unfold here. I can't. Well, actually, 
you know, number one's going to be kind of tough. You see Deshaun Watson, and that whole situation is so ugly. Yes. You really just hope that he does not come back with, with the Texans for his own sake. I want to see him go somewhere and do well. Um, and, but if he does, like, that's going to be – that's going to be a bad situation, I think. I can't imagine that ending well. But then the third one, I'm really eager to see. I can't wait to see Big Ben. Like, I'm genuinely excited for him to destroy the Steelers. Honestly, yeah. if if we don't get the talented people on Twitter mashing Big Ben highlights with my heart will go on over it, <laughs> I'm going to be so disappointed. Love it. Because nothing makes me happier than these random sports highlights with Celine Dion on top of it. And if we don't get mountains of Big Ben with Celine Dion or even Sarah McLaughlin, man, Arms the Angel. Like, that's that's what I want to see, creative Twitter folk. It's what, that's your assignment for 2021. <laughs> yeah. Wait, side note, guys. We didn't even bring this up. Did you see the video of Miles Garrett playing basketball? Yes. Oh, my God. That was terrifying. Wait, How that, does a I man we... that large move like that? I don't know. I thought I thought we sent that in the group chat, or did we not? Well, that was the workout mm. video that Angela. Yeah, the workout <laughs> video. I'm sorry, we're now outing Angela for sending the workout video. Um, the workout but, video was something. Yes, but I did see that, and I I would not hate it if we had a few select uh, NFL players. You know what? That's what they should do for NBA All-Star Weekend. Like, screw the Futures game or whatever. Like, the yes! thing that nobody watches. And, like, have, like, random NFL players yes! that are currently in the offseason do, like, three-on-three. Not that stupid that celebrity awesome. game. Like, that are filled with, like, random YouTubers and TikTokers. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I, I, like, playing. I know. I ugh at that. But, like, when <laughs> we had the, the uh, baseball like the mlb all-star game and like johnny bananas was on the celebrity softball team i got really excited <laughs> i'm just waiting for them to ask us to play in the all-star game Brittany mollis from that's what b said <laughs> there we go hopefully it's not a basketball game oh my god and hopefully they bring back big country for you to guard <laughs> my arch you can relive your moment <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So we'll shift gears a little bit here. We wanted to just touch on um, Jacksonville and Urban Meyer hiring Amy Palsic as their communications lead, um, who surprisingly got fired by the Texans uh, just a few months ago. I mean, the Texans are in shambles, but Meredith, I think you want to talk about this because Urban Meyer announced this on his Twitter which I thought was interesting. (laughs) That was so strange. So one of the things that was very unique about Amy Pelz expiring is that most people like across the country don't really are, aren't really familiar with the names of the communications and PR people with teams, unless you actually work in the business because you need those people, you know, in order to do your job, you need those people to connect and get information. And, you know, if you work in radio or newspaper or whatever, you know, to, get interviews set up, that kind of thing. So the communications people are necessary, but I don't think that the casual fan is usually familiar with who it is. But then when Amy Palsic got let go, like there was just constant outpouring of, you know, of love and affection for her and just how great of a job that she did. Players tweeted about her, media members tweeted about her. Like I've never seen such like a unanimous, this person is amazing when you know when a communications person gets let go so it's not at all surprising that jacksonville would want to hire her because she's clearly one of the best in the business but it's very strange 
that Urban Meyer is announcing it from his Twitter account. And I don't have the exact tweet, but I think I feel like he said something like, I've hired Ella. Yes, he did. It was like, like he personally did. He said, like, I hired her. Like, yeah, like, no, you didn't. Okay, because, like, in the scheme of, of an NFL team, you're not her boss. <laughs> like, oh like, my God. The head coach is not the boss of the communication. So, like, that, like for example, that, like, if you have a company and you have, like, say, a marketing department and a sales department and you hire somebody in marketing and then a salesperson says, oh, I hired that. No. He did say we. I'm thrilled to be able to announce a very important addition to the Jaguars. We've hired Amy Palasek to lead our communications team. Okay, that's a, that's a little bit better. Because I was like, like the, like, the head coach is not the boss of the communications person. And it it does feel a little public relations. Yes, because, agreed. Oh, you know, it was, absolutely. It was Wasn't a really... It- who was the guy, the racist that he just hired and fired or whatever it was a happened? Str- it was a strength coach from Iowa, I think. And that guy's been out of work since 2019 because there were a lot of complaints from players. There was, you know, uh, he had apparently been using so racist. Like, like he's using racist. He hire him? Well, but because, also. Because he's, he's good. Like, that's what we know about Urban Meyer is that, like, he would hire somebody who kicks puppies in their spare time if it meant that they were going to win football games. Like, Urban Meyer well, doesn't care. Zach Smith. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel, God. I honestly feel like, too, this is like, look, I'm a good guy. I hire women. Yeah. And that, <laughs> and that makes me so angry on Amy's behalf because she is so good and so talented that, you know, it's slimy that Urban Meyer is using her as, to, like, boost his PR. Like, oh, look, I hired this woman. I hired this woman who's revered and beloved in the league. Like, it makes me so mad that that, that Amy is used as a PR. Like, she was going to get hired anyway because she's so good at what she does. But then to, like, take it and use it as a PR stunt almost feels like it's diminishing her accomplishments in the NFL. And that was yes. the part that really upset me. Did you guys ever see that documentary on HBO by Aaron Hernandez? No, I never did. I guys, wanted to, but it made me it, like I knew like it was going to make me really, really sad. So okay, I, it was it was like a very sad like all of it, all of it was just very sad story from the beginning till the end. Like it was just you know it was so unfortunate. But at one point, they had um, obviously Urban and Shelly Meyer were on there, you know, giving their their commentary about. It. And I think it was Shelly who came on there and she's like, we used to host Bible study at our house every Sunday and Aaron would show up and have dinner and study the Bible with us. And at that point, I lost all respect for everyone. Well, actually, the whatever little respect I had left for, for the Meyer family. I was like, Bible study? Come on, man. Bible study. These people. Oh, yeah, it just, I don't know. It feels like it feels like they're con- it feels like urban is constantly having to do pr cleanup and it's like you know what if you paid attention to the type of people that you surrounded yourself with you wouldn't have to constantly it's it's that whole idea of you know if you never lie then you don't ever have to remember right. what you said into him yeah you know and it just mm-hmm. like don't diminish a very accomplished woman in the league because you hired a racist like there's no way that urban didn't know about that guy's history in yeah. in college football. There's absolutely no way. All, I, he probably just looked at it and said, this is one of the best strength coaches in the country right now. And he's been out of work since 2019, so he wants a job. Mm-hmm. So it just, 
like the whole situation just made me so mad. And I just still, I don't understand how Urban Meyer still has fans. Like, I don't. I don't know. He is a man that is loved. That is for sure. He is. And like, sure, he won a lot of games in Ohio State and he won a lot of games at Florida. He won a lot of games at Bowling Green. Cool. But I don't know. Like, when it comes down to just like the moral compass, winning isn't everything. Yeah, it just just makes me happy that we have Kevin Stefanski. And Andrew Barry for that matter. I mean, I'm just, I just feel so lucky that we have guys of integrity and morals that are smart and they also can win. Like we are so lucky to be in this spot as Browns fans. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And as a side note, congratulations to Amy Palsik for getting a job with the Jaguars. Well-deserved. She's going to do great things for that team. Yeah. I think there should be more females in that role, to be honest. So I, yeah, hopefully we see more of that. Hopefully. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so a couple more things to cover. Um, I want to touch on the Frankie Lindor thing that happened earlier in the week. Um, And this was Frankie admitting that he did not go as hard as he should have in the weight room last season um, in his final season of the Indians, which is one of the reasons he performed worse than usual. So this had a lot of commentary, a lot of different takes that I saw going back and forth on this um of people being upset with Frankie um I want to talk about this Brittany I'll kick off with you because I I know that you had some discussions with Indians Twitter Uh of course of course I did because like anytime I you know state an opinion about the Cleveland Indians it just blows up into something it never needed to be haven't you learned your lesson Brittany oh I learned I just keep doing it at this it's just so intentional now but you know, he said that he 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 was half-assing it. Mm-hmm. Like, he admitted it. And I think some of the people who were responding um, were upset because, like, well, even if that is true, why is he admitting it? Which I'll... Yes. I, to that point, I can, I can that. understand. That's a valid point. He didn't have to say it. He could have just said, you know, he was feeling down or, you know... You could just say it's because of, like, COVID. Like, that was a... We lost 500,000 people, yes. like, in the past year. This was a big mm-hmm. thing that we all suffered through together. So if you just say something, like, it was a tough year, you know, my, mentally it wasn't really there, that would have been fine. But he didn't. And you know what? I don't care. This does not bother me. It does not bother me personally that he said that he was not giving it his all. Because, number one, you know, you had the COVID season. Number two, there weren't fans there. Three, his his girlfriend just had a baby, so he had that going on at home. There was just so many things that, you know, people, they they often forget that athletes are just human yes. beings. That's it. Number one, more than anything, they're just human beings. And they deal with things the same way we do. They may have more money. They may have more resources. But, you know, they also have more problems and probably different stresses yes. than the normal person does. So when Frankie said that the other day, I was like, you know, he was being honest. And then you get into the whole baseball aspect of it because I saw a lot of Indi- Indians fans are always arrogant and jerks. So, you know, I said this thing about Frankie, you know, I said, well, obviously you guys aren't giving 100% at work every day either because you're on Twitter. It's 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. Like, <laughs> so, you know, they got really upset about that. 
Um, and they said, well, you know, I'm not making $20 million. I said, let me tell you something, guys. If somebody told me that I was, a, you know, worth $300 million, I would never work hard again <laughs> in my life. That would be the end for me. Like, once I've made that, Brittany, you're worth $300 million. Goodbye. I'm retiring now. <laughs> I'm never lifting a finger for anyone ever again. So the fact that Frankie's even showing up and doing this, like, good for him. Good for Frankie. I have no problem with what he said. I have a problem with Indians fans thinking that, well, you know, he let the fans down. First of all, what fans? There were no fans there. It was just, you know, he let his teammates down. His, if the Cleveland Indians, if the if Paul Dolan were to say, hey, we're going to pay this guy, I guarantee he might have been singing a different tune. But when you go to work and you know that no matter how hard you try, the company that you work for is not going to renew your contract. They're not going to pay you what you're worth. Are you just going to continue showing up and giving 100% every day? Because I'm not. Especially when you run the risk of getting injured, too. Yes. Because, like, like, at that point, he hadn't had any kind of offer from another team. So what if he's going really, really hard, you know, rolls his ankle and tears his ACL? Is he going to get his $300 million from another team at that point? No. Right. There's so many reasons for him to not give 100%. And I don't understand this. Well, he should have. He still had a responsibility. He doesn't owe anyone anything. Again, like, I feel like that's the theme of this show. You don't owe anyone anything. I heard another interesting perspective on Frankie earlier this week from a former athlete. And when they heard Frankie's comments, like, their response wasn't, oh, that was him admitting he was half-assing it. It was, you know, every athlete looks back on their performance and they become their, you know, their biggest critiquer. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they become their hardest critic. And so it was probably just him looking back on the season and probably at the time when he was working out, he thought he was going hard enough in the weight room. But then, you know, 60 games and 63 games is a lot. Mm -hmm. It is a lot and it is exhausting. And so he was getting tired by the end. And so he was probably looking back and saying, man, I should have worked harder. So I didn't. Uh, that's, you know, that's interesting too. Yeah. So yeah. So I didn't get tired at the end of the season. Like maybe like because gyms were closed down, and we all know that at home workouts just aren't the same as mm-hmm. an in gym workout. It's not the same when you're not able to work with a trainer. Which you know he wasn't able to work with a trainer. He was on his own to do his own thing, as was everybody else. So it could have just been himself like reflecting on his performance from the past season and saying, "Man, I wish I had worked harder." Because I really got tired at the end of the season and it showed in my performance. Yeah, I I mean, when I read this, all I thought about was, like, are we really surprised by this? <laughs> I mean, like, Brittany, you said he admitted it. Maybe he shouldn't have. But mm-hmm. I think when you watched his performance last year, I think we all thought something was off. And, and now mm-hmm. we just know what it is. And he was just honest about it. Yeah. I mean, isn't that kind of refreshing? Don't we want them to be more transparent and honest? Like, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, he, he got his money. And listen, he talked about wanting to be a Cleveland Indian before he wasn't anymore. And that, yeah, do you guys remember at the All-Star game when he was mic'd up? And yeah. And he kept saying, he kept saying, my, this is my city. This yeah. is my city. Mm-hmm. Like, he was so proud of Cleveland. He just... You could see it in his face. Yeah. And, you know, I had people tell me the other day, well, he always wanted to be in a big market. 
I don't think that's true. I think he just wanted to, to get paid what he's worth. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. As a human being, that's what you should want. You should want to... And people are like, well, nobody's worth this. If somebody's willing to pay you that money, you're worth it. Yes. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Um, well, Brittany, I want to end the show because I know that you're upset with... <sighs> Colin Sexton did not make the All-Star game. I, he didn't. Which I didn't know until I was sitting at the Cavs game the other night oh, and I texted no. Danny and I was like, did Colin Sexton make the All-Star game? Because I thought that I read that he was left off the reserves and Danny was like, no, he did not. Which, that's not even my beef with Cavs fans. Wait, okay, but like, hang he on a minute. Make it... Did like did Danny take full responsibility for this? No, he didn't take responsibility, but he never voted for him. That's what I'm saying. Like, is that, he has ground, to take is respons- that grounds like... for divorce? <laughs> well, you're not married, but it's grounds for probably not speaking to each other for a little bit. Yeah, you know what, Danny? He's sitting here staring at me right now. <laughs> We're not friends. <laughs> Get her a divorce, and I'm taking. I'm Jeff. taking the lawnmower. <laughs> I'm t- yeah, I'm taking the lawnmower. <laughs> oh, that hurt. That hurt. No. Um, but no, like that's not even my thing. You, you can make a solid argument that Colin Sexton did not deserve to be on the All Star team, and that's fine. Like, I'm delusional, but to a point. <laughs> And I could say, okay, logically, cool. You guys, the fine. The thing that bothers me is that the Cavs go through this rough stretch. And all these people are, like, diving off the ship. Yes. They can't fly away fast yes. enough. And, again, you know, you have this Brown. We were talking about the Browns and the fans' mentality where they just want to be right so bad that that's the most important thing. The Cavs fans are the exact same way. Like, when they were, you know, good at the beginning, they were fun to watch, and, you know, they, people couldn't get enough of that. They are like, oh, man, this is fun, blah, blah, blah. But now that, you know, they're going through a rough time and things have not been going – well, the last two games have been fine. But, like, before that, they lost, like, how many – was it nine or ten? ten. In a row? It was ten, <laughs> ten in a row. Okay. So, but you have these people that – you go back to old habits – so they're just like, you know, Garland sucks, Sexton sucks, they haven't won a game since Sexton wrote okay, that off-ed, which, oh my god, I wanted to Why is Dylan Windler that. on the court? Okay, yeah, Dylan Windler, and... he deserves an all-star vote based on how he's played. <laughs> but, you know, I I get, like, so irritated with, with Caps fans because they're, they might be the most fickle of all the Cleveland fans, honest to god. Because you could ride the wave, and then once they they show a little bit, and keep in mind that this is a process. This isn't something that just happens overnight. That you're gonna get this team together, and they're just gonna click, and everything's gonna be great. That's not how these things typically work, especially when you've had what one, two, three, at least three, co- three, well, four coaches in the past. You know, since Ty Lue. Like, this isn't going to be an easy process, and people just need to relax. So, Browns fans stuck with the Browns through 0-16. Are you saying Mm -hmm. that Cavs fans aren't... I mean, and obviously the Cavs aren't going to go winless. That's damn near impossible in the NBA. Like, you're going to win at least a few games. But, you know, if the Cavs went through an NBA equivalent of an 0 and 16 season like are you saying that people would just completely jump ship from the only team that has brought this city a championship in the last 53 years or however long it's been 
Oh, longer than that? A hundred million percent, yes. So like, that's not even a question. The- that's it's very strange to me because yes. like because like Indians fans, even though they're upset with the team, they're upset with you know losing Francisco Lindor. Like they're just they're very upset about a lot of things. But like man, baseball fans, they are just like they are some of the most like diehard fans of their sport that I have ever met and I feel like hockey fans are kind of the same way and then you've got you know Browns fans who stuck with the team through 0-16 like why aren't NBA fans like that I think that there are NBA fans like that for sure um I just don't think Cleveland Cavs fans are I think what you had was more LeBron fans yeah than Mm -hmm. actual Cavs fans so you know once he left and that sort of you know a lot of people jump ship after that so then you have this team that's bad after LeBron James, the, the biggest superstar that we'll ever have in Cleveland. Uh, he's gone. So now you you have <laughs> this young core of guys and the remnants of that team who no longer want to be here because you, the guy who, who, who won it for them, he's gone. Um, there's not much of a future here for anyone that was a veteran. They had no choice but to do this whole rebuild and start the process over again. Hopefully they get some good picks that pan out and, you know, maybe down the road they'll they'll pick another, you know, generational talent. Not that that's super likely, but these things can happen. Um, but yeah, like I, I think a lot of people, we sort of got spoiled with the LeBron James era. Mm-hmm. And now you have something that's completely on the opposite spectrum of that where you're sort of waiting and hoping that these young guys pan out. We don't know. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> it's annoying when I see people say things like, "Well, Colin Sexton, he's a." One week they'll be like, "Oh, vote for he's all star, all star, all star," but then like you know, the, the week after that, he's a six man. That's his ceiling, <laughs> six man ceiling. And it's just like, all right, guys, like, can you just relax and let this season go? Give it this season, next season, and then evaluate where we are. Yeah. Because this is gonna be a slow process, and if you don't like that, fine. But you need to to. Maybe just not tweet about it. Yeah. If you're going to watch the games, just shut up, watch it in silence, and keep all... You don't have to tweet every single thing that you think. This is not a requirement. Yeah. I think, too, with basketball and baseball specifically, like, the seasons are just so long. Yeah. It, it is really hard to sustain watching an entire season when you're playing 80 to 100 games. Yeah. on a losing with, NFL, with a losing team like in football yeah. like there's 60 you know it's like one game a week like once a week you, yeah, you that's lose exactly what I was gonna say. and then you like recover in that week and then you lose again and then you recover and then you lose and then you rec- I mean like it's easier I think to swallow when you're when you have football in or sorry when you have basketball and baseball like that 10 game losing streak for the Cavs man that was that was rough mm-hmm. really rough sure. and and it's yeah. you know it's every couple of nights in yeah. basketball and, and baseball so it is it's hard to be a fan of a losing team when there's so many games in a year. Yes. But no I do think like watching, I watched the, the games the last couple of nights with my kids. Um, and it's it actually fun for me because I get to explain to my kids what's going on. And little dude's mm-hmm. only five, but he was like all about it last night. He was like, oh my gosh, the ball went in. I was like, yeah, the ball did. Go. I'm like, they're making baskets. Yay. Um, so he was kind of like following along. So it's fun even if, and last night they did win. But even if they're losing, mm-hmm. like, I get to experience it with my kids and teach them. And I don't want my kids yes. to grow up with, like, all winning. You know, like, they need I to grow up with some 
losing too like don't get spoiled with the browns yes like we did i had a generation 90s yes yes exactly Mm -hmm. exactly so anyway that's it that's our show it's a long one but a good one long but good good stuff i know it's so funny every week we're like there's not a lot to talk about. And then we, like, have these 90-minute episodes. I, I put, like, four <laughs> topics on the sheet for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> well, when we get together, again, this is just my therapy. I like to chat with all of you guys. Yeah, for sure. It's been a rough rough week at work, uh, so it's nice. It's been a rough year. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's February. <laughs> it's, I know. Lemon, it's Tuesday. Oh, uh. uh, well... We'll do this again next week. We won't have anything else to talk about either, but we'll fill an hour and a half. No problem. <laughs> um, thank you all for tuning in and listening to us tonight. Don't forget to download us, um, rate and review us. We love reading and hearing from you guys. So keep sending us message on, messages on Twitter, sending us DMs. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, we appreciate all of you, and we will chat with you guys next week.